0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Angular. Now, I'm your host, Charles Maxwood, and, yeah, this week I'm, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to actually be talking about some of the stuff that I have in the works, but I'm going to get to it in kind of a circuitous way. And what I mean by that is, is I'm not going to start with, hey, here are the announcements, and then here's why I'm doing it. Instead, what I'm going to talk about, and this is kind of going to be a dry run for the first episode of uh, the Top End Devs Insider Podcast, so you might get kind of a different version of this later on as a filler episode. But anyway, I'm going to kind of go back a few years and talk through some of the stuff that I've I've kind of experienced over the last few years, just kind of give you people an idea of where I'm at and what my take on things is and why I'm doing some of the stuff that I'm doing. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever. I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. So I'm going to kind of back up to, I think it was mid-2019, I think. And and really, it kind of goes back to my sister's wedding day. And I think she got married in March. It might've been April of 2019. I'd actually have to go look. But anyway, up until then, things had kind of gone pretty well. You know, my, my career has kind of followed the track that I wanted it to more or less. I've kind of made decisions to go specific ways or, you know, kind of moved into specific areas. And some of it's kind of been sort of accidental and some of it's been sort of on purpose. Just to give a brief rundown, you know, up to that point, I graduated from BYU in 2006 and I have a degree in computer engineering. Before I graduated, I wound up getting a job at Mosey And picked up Ruby on Rails there. At the same time, I also started podcasting. I've told that story before and I'm going to kind of gloss past it. But anyway, so I was doing uh, just basically interviews and talking about what I was learning, heading into that. And then from there, I I went and worked at PMA Media Group. And then I went and worked at Public Engines. And then I went freelance and I was freelance for a few years, uh, five or six years. And then at the same time as that, about what, eight months later, we started Ruby Rogues. About eight months after that, we started <laughs> JavaScript Jabber and Freelancer Show. A year and change after that, we started iFreaks. You kind of get the idea. And at that point, things kind of got to the point where I was having trouble managing the podcast and the contracting, right? And so things kind of came to a head. I talked to my wife and said, hey, you know, this is where things are at. What should I do? And effectively, I was looking for her to tell me that it was okay to drop the podcast and be responsible. And she told me to do what would make me happy. And so instead, I refunded a bunch of money that people had given me as deposits on my work, ended those contracts and went full time on the freelancing, made it for four or five years just on the sponsorships. And that that's kind of where we leave this heading into here. And, and basically, this was just kind of a personal part of my journey, right? It's not really a part of my career or anything like that. But Anyway, I went to pick up my dad for my sister's wedding and he had just had some surgery to uh, fix some problems in his arm. And he'd been in poor health for, for years, years and years and years. And uh, he, he looked at me and he said, I can't, I can't make it. You know, there's no way I'm going to make it for this wedding. And my sister's is 16 and a half years younger than I am. Uh, I'm the oldest. She's the youngest. There are 10 kids in my family growing up. But yeah, so Anyway. Uh, to make a long story short, I went and picked up my wife and kids. We went over to the Provo City Center Temple in Provo, Utah, went to the wedding. And when you go into a wedding, so I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. When you when you go to the wedding, when you go into the temple at all, you turn off your phone and kind of uh, shut out the world, so to speak. So when we came back out of the temple after the uh, marriage, after the ceremony, you know, I turned my phone back on and I had a voicemail from the from the re, uh, recovery center where he was, right? Because it, it was for health recovery. It wasn't for anything else. But he was at this place where they were taking care of him for just for his health, right? He, he He didn't lack any mental capacity. He wasn't on drugs or anything like that. It was literally just that his health was so poor that my mom couldn't help him with all the things he needed help with. And he had some infections in his feet that made it so that, you know, he really kind of needed specialized, constant help. So he was in there. They called me and left me a voicemail because I was the one that had gone to try and pick him up, right? And they said that he had gone to the emergency room and that he had stopped breathing, his heart had stopped. And so when I called the emergency room, they let me know that he had passed away and i was I was a little depressed for a while. I mean, it was hard, and uh, you know, in some ways, it was kind of the first major what setback, first major thing that i had had to kind of go through that didn't kind of fix itself right because you, you i mean you, it just doesn't get fixed right you know somebody passes away they're gone right now we all have we have beliefs in, you know what happens after we pass on but that's not really what the show is about but it was it was hard right because it was somebody that i cared about that i didn't have around anymore I'd kind of uh, set my heart on him recovering, at least to some degree, even though it wasn't very realistic, you know, now that I look back on it. But anyway, I I was that was kind of the first hint that things don't always go how you want. And when they do, you know, kind of go different from what you want, that they don't always just get fixed. Right. Because most of the rest of the stuff that's gone wrong ish in my life, I guess, was all stuff that I could just put my head down and work through. Right. So it didn't just automatically fix, but, you know, was stuff that I could generally just put my head down and figure out. Right. And so I kind of got this idea that, hey, look, you know, it, it just doesn't work that way. It also inspired me to basically look at my own life and say, okay, how do I how do I do better? Right. Because one of the things that I'm looking at is I don't want to put my kids through Taking care of me through some of the same health things that I my dad went through, and that's not to speak ill of him. It's just you know, it's just not where I want my life to go, and where I want my kids' lives to go. So anyway, so I was kind of getting through a lot of that, and I was sad for a while, and and I think it's a normal thing, right, when you're mourning the loss of somebody that you really care about to go through, right? So I'm I'm I, I I've used the word depressed before but it i think it has a different meaning when when you're talking about people who are actually deeply sad for an extended period of time as opposed to you know where i was just going through a mourning process you know i was i was sad i was very sad and i was very sad for a while but i still had a pretty well adjusted view of where i was at right and i'm i'm an optimist i just i am that's the way that i'm built and so even though I was sad and even though I knew that he wasn't coming back, I could kind of deal with that. So anyway, so this all happens leading into October of 2019 and in October of 2019. And I'm just going to preface this by saying that I really haven't discussed this publicly and it's not out of any kind of admission of guilt or feeling bad or anything like that. But when you, when you go into this in the heat of the moment a lot of times what happens is it turns into a personality. Oh, they're a bad person. You're a bad person, blah, 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 blah. And I think people have sort of made up their mind about cancel culture and about some of the social justice movement within the tech community, you know, one way or the other. And and so I'm not really interested in having a big public fight about it where everybody just kind of fires as much firebombs as they can at the other side and then you know, we all go back to our corners because nobody's mind's changed. But I have had individual discussions with people who feel, you know, one way or the other on both sides of this. And so anyway, that's all to say that, you know, I'm not coming out now because it's time. I'm just, I'm I'm really giving context for where things are at right now so that you can all understand, you know, when I start talking about, hey, this is what I've been doing for the last few months. So anyway, so effectively what happened was, and I've got this all documented in a a Google doc. In fact, I probably probably ought to pull it up just so that I can refresh my memory so to speak on some of this, but I I'm really not interested in rehashing all of the the deal. I'm really telling you kind of what I went through more than trying to prove that anybody's right or wrong if that makes sense. So, anyway, so yeah, so let's let's just dive in then. So, effectively what happened was somebody came after Amy Knight Who's one of the hosts on JavaScript Jabber? She she had posted something to to Twitter, and they took what she said and they just completely twisted it into something else. And from there, what they wound up doing was they then they took uh, offense at what they said that she said, and that turned out into this this big basically character assassination. So we're kind of looking at that, and I realized that I, I woke up the next morning and. I've got messages from all kinds of people saying, hey, they're going after Amy. And I'm like, I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I, you know, I jump up and start going to look into it. But immediately when I get on Twitter, there's a whole bunch of stuff on there about John Sonmez, who's another friend of mine. And so I'm looking at it and I'm going, "Okay, you know what? What is going on here with John? And then I realized, you know what? I got on here to figure out what's going on with Amy. Let me see what's going on over there, and then I'll and then I'll go see why people are tweeting about John. And so I start looking into what's going on with Amy, and I figure out pretty fast that they're going after her for, they basically took her, what she said, completely out of context. Nobody asked her what she even thought. They just decided that what she said was bad and, and went for it to try and cancel her. And so she had actually uh, turned off her Twitter account and was just laying low, which is what I eventually wound up doing. I didn't turn off my Twitter account. I just laid low. But anyway, so I'm thinking, okay, well, how do I respond to this? And I realized that there was no way I could adequately respond in 140 or 280 characters. And so I realized that I was probably going to wind up just recording a quick video and saying, hey, guys, let's talk through this, right? Let's let's see if there's some understanding we can come to, you know, whether it's me understanding where you're coming from, you understanding where I'm coming from and see if there's, oh, yeah, you know, you're right about this. We're right about that. And we're real sorry for blowing this out of proportion. And then I, you know, I can say I'm real sorry for blowing this other thing out of proportion. Right. Or ho- however that comes down. You know, maybe they convince me that they're completely right, that I was open to any and all of it uh, just to have the conversation. So I I get on there. But I realized pretty quickly that the situation with John was tied to the situation with Amy and that he had gone online and tried to stand up for her given what she was going through and that he had gotten fairly aggressive. Right. And he had, he told them to back off. He, he, you know, he had used some unfriendly language, but that then they were doing the same thing to what he was saying as well. And taking what he was saying completely out of context in order to paint what he was doing as racist or misogynist. And so so I got on and I said, "Hey, look, the video's still on YouTube. It's not I'm I haven't hidden any of this. The video's still on YouTube and yeah, anyway. So I basically said, "Hey, look, you took what Amy said out of context. She, you know, she didn't mean this. I asked her what she meant. She was thinking more along these lines. But let's talk, right? Why don't you just come on the podcast?" I I did respond this part in a tweet, you know, "Come on the podcast." I'll just ask you questions. We'll get clear on where you're coming from and what you're thinking and how you feel about this so that we can, we have this platform and that way, you know, people will understand where, where you're coming from. Right. And that way people can go, Oh, I get it. Right. Or maybe they'll go, okay, I can see how a reasonable person would come to that, but I don't agree with it. I mean, whatever. Right. I figured that they could explain where they're coming from, explain their experience, explain their reasoning. And and then they don't have to go person to person or, you know, conference to conference and try and explain it because we put it out in front of thousands and thousands of people and they could just say, hey, look, you know, we explained it over here. And if you have any other questions, you know, you can come ask afterward. And the response I got, I think it had like six or seven F-bombs in it. F-U, 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 you you know, no, no, F-U, right? And so I said, "Okay, well, you know, I was was kind of expecting that, but I was kind of hoping that it would go the other way. Right. And then it turned into this big thing where so all this went on while I was at this retreat (laughs) in Nashville. Right. And so I put the video up. I went to the retreat in Nashville. After the retreat in Nashville, I put up another video basically clarifying a couple of things. Then I invited them on the show and they were like, (laughs) all right. And so then they decided to go after my sponsors, right, which is how I'd been making my living for the last five years, was running the podcast network and effectively paying myself to run the podcast network and paying all my other people out of that money, too, and, you know, making it run. So so they went after the sponsors. I had a couple of them pull out. I actually had a lot of them pull out. At the same time, I was at another conference and we were recording podcast episodes there. And I got notified that my ticket to KubeCon uh, had been revoked by the Cloud Native, what are they? Cloud Native Computing Foundation, which is an arm of the Linux Foundation. And, and so, and when they, when they revoked the ticket, one thing that they did that I had, I've never seen any other conference do is they actually publicly announced that they had revoked my ticket. And I, I know, because I know a lot of conference organizers, I know that other conferences have revoked tickets or have kicked people out of their conferences due to code of conduct violations. But that's the the full extent of anything I know about any of that, because they never ever told anybody who wasn't directly involved with it who they kicked out, why they kicked them out, or anything like that. So this was the first time where they had publicly announced they had kicked somebody out. And so this turned into a whole, a whole nother thing because. A lot of the development-related media picked it up and were going, hey, we've never seen anybody do this before. They didn't state why. They still haven't stated why. I actually had to email them like two or three times to get them to tell me why. And on top of that, you know, I had some pretty high-profile people on the other end of things going, hey, you've got to explain this to us because we don't understand, right? And so anyway, so that kind of blew it up even bigger. And then the conference that I was at, they actually canceled the podcast episodes that we were scheduled to to record. So all in all, it just turned into this massive thing. And I was pretty depressed, right? I mean, it was, I mean, things kind of came apart at the seams, really. I didn't have enough sponsorship income to, to continue to pay the folks that were working for me. I thought some of these sponsors would start to come back. I also started doing some pretty... Aggressive outreach to sponsors and found some other sponsors that were starting to ramp up. And then COVID hit, right? So the we were all kind of watching it. People were talking about the stuff going on in China and things like that. And then in COVID, we did, or in in March, they did the lockdown, and everybody who had marketing budget that I was talking to basically said, Well, we're conserving our cash right now to see where this all goes. And so my income was basically gone at that point I found a few places to kind of tide me over for a few months but in September I wound up taking a full-time job at Morgan Stanley and I was working on a project for them and I tried to keep it quiet because I didn't really want to go through the whole you know being canceled again or losing my job or whatever right and so you know I worked for them kept the the podcast network running And that was it was a tough call, too, because I thought, oh, well, we'll be able to get sponsorship here after the lockdown or after this or after that. And so I was being fairly optimistic with my folks that were working for me because I honestly thought that we were going to be able to pull it back out in 2020. And that just wound up not being the case. I eventually had to let them go. We were bringing in enough to actually pay people who cost less and who are generally fairly capable you know our editor in my opinion is just as capable the the other person who's my virtual assistant she's she's fairly capable but she doesn't have the same level of like project management experience that that Michelle had so i've had to train her on some things that Michelle already knew how to do but for the most part i mean they do a terrific job and i've been very very happy with with what they did but i felt badly because now i owed back pay to these people and i had I I didn't know where any of this was going, and it was very, very hard, and I was trying to figure out, okay, where do I go from here? And that's kind of been the journey that I've been on for the last year, is where do I go from here? But also, I had fairly tightly coupled who I was to the podcasts, and so that was also kind of a a personal growth thing that I had to go through, was, okay, who, who am I without this, right? Or who am I with it the way it is now, right? Where... We have a large listenership base, but still not a strong financial base anymore because the, the advertising has slowed down. And at the same time, also figuring out, you know, who do I want to be? Where do I want this to go? You know, do I do I keep running it? Uh, do I turn it into something else? Do I turn it off and go do something else? I don't particularly like working for another company, Right. My passion is in the podcast and teaching people how to do better with code and things like that. And so I went through this period where, you know, I kind of had to figure out who I was and where I wanted to go. And I had to figure out what I was going to do with devchat.tv. And so that kind of leads into the last few months, right? Because I started to really get some clarity around it. And it kind of came in bits and pieces, to be honest. And I kind of wish that I had been recording something that kind of talked through that at the time, but I I didn't. So one of the things that became readily apparent was that I could help people start podcasts. And so in February, I started coaching people on how to start their own tech podcasts. And and there are a few podcasts out there now that I've been a part of coaching those hosts to run their shows, right? At the same time, I also wound up coaching a few people in their freelancing and other practice you know, to help them get their careers ahead. And I realized that I really, really love that. I really love helping people get their careers ahead. But there are two problems. One is is that, you know, I only have so much time to coach so many people before I'm completely booked up solid, right? The other issue is, is that sometimes you get people in there who you want to help and who you're giving advice to who aren't doing what you're telling them to do. And so at the end of the day, they don't get the results that you want right? So I I probably had about 70% of the people I coached actually launch a podcast and get it out there. And then I had about 30% of people that they were just kind of, I, I don't know if they were busy or if they were just kind of not confident enough to do it. I think in the coaching, I kind of, there was some of all of that, but I don't think I was getting the entire story either. So anyway, but I was really digging that. And at the same time, I was looking at things and going, okay, well, you know, how can I help more people, right? How can I put more stuff out there that's going to make more of a difference for folks and and really kind of nail down what they should be doing to take their careers to the next level? Because when you really look at it, I mean, even over the last several years, the, the highlights for me is when I've talked to people at conferences and they tell me that what we did on the shows or what we covered on the podcast or what we've talked about year in and year out have really made a difference for them, right? I have a better job. My kids go to better schools because we live in a better neighborhood. I didn't think I could do it because I was an X, Y, Z, you know, whatever, right? And you did a podcast episode where you talked through some of the concerns or issues that I had. And I realized that Chuck has imposter syndrome. All the other hosts have imposter syndrome and they have way more experience than than I do. And so they're telling me how they get through it and how they get over it. And it turns out that that works for me too. And so I can go get over it, right? A lot of people don't know how to figure out what to learn to move ahead or how to learn it. And I realized that at at a certain level, I can provide that, right? I really do want to provide that. But at the same time, you know, I've got this full-time job that I'm spending all this time on. And so how do I fix that and figure it out? Time is of the essence when identifying and resolving issues in your software. And our friends at Raygun are here to help. Their brand-new alerting feature is now available for crash reporting and real user monitoring to make sure you're quickly notified of the errors, crashes, and front-end performance issues that matter most to you and your business. Set thresholds for your alert based on an increase in error count, a spike in load time, or new issues introduced in the latest deployment, along with custom filters that give you even greater control. Assign multiple users to ensure the right team members are notified with alerts linked directly to the issue in Raygun, taking you to the root cause faster. Never miss another mission-critical issue in your software again. Try Raygun alerting today and create a world-class issue resolution workflow that gives you and your customer peace of mind. Visit raygun.com to learn more. Their simple usage plans start from as little as $4 per month with unlimited apps and users. That's raygun.com to start your free 14-day trial. And so part of it's been the coaching, right? And if you want to get coaching, you can go to topenddevscom slash coaching and and figure that out. And And that was the thing that I was kind of, hanging in there between right so i i started moving the shows over to top because the focus had changed right it wasn't talking about tech which is what dev chat meant to me right was chatting about dev right and so in tv was just kind of the the top level domain that people were using at the time that i launched to do podcasting now they typically use a fm top level domain but i wanted a com and i wanted one that reflected hey look how do we get you from where you are to the top 5% of people within your field or barring that how do we get you to the top 5% of like if you're mid level or or junior or senior or whatever right how do we get you to be a top end level junior dev right and and kind of get you to the point where people are going well you're basically a mid at this point right but your years of experience or however they measure juniorness you're way ahead. Right. You, you seem to be advancing more quickly than most other devs. Right. And then, you know, at mid same thing. Right. How do we just push you into that place where, you know, you can deliver at a much higher level. Right. And then seeing your same thing. And and it's kind of tricky at the same time, because how do you measure that? Right. Is it how much you're paid? Is it how much, how, how in demand you are? Is it, is it just, you know, the number of problems that you run into that you have an instinctive idea of how to solve, which to me kind of is a measure of expertise in a lot of ways. Is it how much knowledge you have about libraries and things like that? Is it how well known you are? And to my thinking, it's a lot of all of that, right? It's also networking, you know, how big is your network? Like if if you got fired tomorrow, how many people can you pick up the phone or get on social media and reach to help you find something better. And anyway, so, you know, I start looking at that and I'm going, okay. So yeah, let's let's think about top end dev and how to get people into that top five percent. And then let's start giving them the tools to do that. Right. And it allowed me to refocus some of the shows, right? So we're talking about topics that um, and we had already done some of these shows, right? I mean, Dan Shapir pushed through the things you need to know and things you want to know as a JavaScript developer, for example, right? And that inspired some episodes on Ruby Rogues and things like that, but it it really does. It just, I'm, I'm going, okay, how do we, you know, how do we provide people with the things that they need in order to move into that top 5%? And so I started moving the podcast over to Top End Devs. And then as I've kind of thought and prayed and and really considered, you know, where do I want to take this? I've really felt like there's some level of paid content that we need to put out there. And and the paid really isn't the focus. You know, the paid is okay, let's pay some bills so we can keep this stuff running, but it's like we're putting out a bunch of free content. What's kind of the next level of thing that people need in order to get them to that top 5%? And for me, it's kind of a blend of tutorials and courses and also kind of a network of people that again, you can go to to level up, to learn, to grow, to collaborate with, etc. And so I started working through things. And, and this is the part where I start talking about the journey here over the last little while. So I realized that, first of all, the, the course thing is pretty well understood at this point, right? People people get what you get when you sign up for like a plural site or a egghead.io or, you know, whatever, right? You go and you, you can either pay for a course Or you can, you know, sign up for a subscription and get access to most everything they have. And so, you know, I looked at that and I I realized, you know what? There are certain areas that aren't covered by some of these other people who are putting stuff out there. And so, how do I cover that? Right. At the same time, I've always kind of been fascinated with the Railscasts or Drifting Ruby approach, right? Where it's, hey, look. Here's a video on how to do a thing, right? And so come watch the weekly or twice weekly video on how to do the thing, right? And so that helps people stay current on what's going on in whatever community they're a part of, right? So for Angular, if they announce a new version of Angular, you can kind of work through each new feature in Angular, right? And then you can go work through each feature of, you know, RxJS or NGRX right for for ruby a new version of rails is coming out right so hey here's the new stuff in active record here's the new stuff in this here's the new stuff in that right and and to be honest dave does a terrific job on drifting ruby and i don't really want to go head to head and try and sink anybody but at the same time if he's covering some things and we're covering other things and then occasionally we cover the same things i feel like people might be willing to pay for his and pay for my, ours right and so that's what i'm looking at but the other the other thing that I realized fairly quickly was, as I was uh, coaching some of these folks and talking to people, uh, I talk to a lot of people. I do a Q&A every Wednesday, and there's a link on Top End Devs, if you scroll down to the bottom, where you can uh, get, you know, you can sign up for that webinar and come do Q&As. Usually I have like two or three people show up, so usually they get, everybody gets their question answered in a very, very thorough manner. And I try to do that, right? I try and go deep and then make sure that we give you a good answer instead of trying to get through as many questions as possible. So if you show up first, that's what you're going to get. But anyway, right. So I I realized, you know, talking to people that a lot of people are coming to me asking questions about how to build up their career, how to build up their uh, personal brand, as opposed to, hey, how do I learn the next thing in Ruby? How do I learn the next thing in JavaScript? How do I learn the next thing in React, right? They're getting a lot of that from the podcast and then a lot of them are willing to do the work to figure it out. So, you know, the courses and videos and stuff would facilitate a lot of that. But the, the people who are driven to do that are already doing it. And, and hopefully we can put content out that inspires more people to do it. But the reality is, is that the people who are coming to me are, OK, how do I do this other stuff? And I have tons and tons and tons of people coming to me saying, hey, they want to make me a team lead. I have no idea how to be a team lead. How do I be a team lead? Right. Or they want to promote me from team lead to, you know, some other director, or manager, or whatever, you know, or CTO. Right. How do I CTO in the right way? How do I find a job? I had one friend of mine come to me and he said, Look, I've got these two job offers, and one of them's kind of a top end lead dev person at one company and the other one's CTO. And I, I like both offers. How do I make the call? And so we talked through it. It's like, well, these are the things that I would want to know, right? And he's like, I hadn't thought of half of those, right? But, But that's the kind of thing that I want to put out there because I think a lot of the advice that I gave him would apply to anybody in that position, right? It's like, okay, what do I need to know about this company in order to make sure that it's a good fit for me and that I can provide them what they need, right, out of what I'm doing. And so it's leadership, it's careers, it's jobs, it's But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's, hey, how do I apply this in a way that is going to make a major difference where I'm at? Right. How do I get to be the person who makes the difference that matters? And at the same time, how do I turn this career into the thing that I want it to be? Right. So for some people, yeah, they're looking for notoriety. They're looking for the ability to, to move or go do whatever they want. For other people, they're looking for, hey, look, you know, I've got Uh, a parent or a child or a spouse that I have to take care of, right? So I get done with work and they can't 100% take care of themselves. And so I have to do that, right? They have some kind of special need. And so for me, the flexibility is more important, right? Or the ability to move to a position that has better health benefits or, you know, whatever, right? I mean, we all define success differently but at the same time you know i want to give people the tools where it's like look i don't have a ton of extra time but if i put in an extra half hour a day kind of like working out or you know things like that if i put in an extra half hour a day then i'm going to be able to provide the things that i care about and get the personal fulfillment that i want for my career and so that those are the areas that i want to focus on you know and i've started shows to that effect with the top end devs podcast and with the dev influencer show and so because it's like Dev Influencers is like, hey, here's how you build your personal brand. Top End Devs is, hey, look, here's how you level up in the areas that matter in your career. And so as you kind of look through and, and figure that stuff out, I mean, that th- those are the areas that I want to cover. But I also want to be able to cover the technical stuff. And again, I start to max out my time at a certain level. And so I'm also looking for authors. And you can go sign up if you're interested in being an author at topenddevscom slash author. But yeah. so. So I'm realizing I need to put all this stuff together. But but as I started putting that stuff together, I realized, you know what, for people to really nail it, right, for people to really be able to grow, they need a few more things, right? It's not just the 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 courses and the the content, right? They need to be able to get together. And I encourage people to go find local users groups and and meet up with them. But some of the users groups out there are still not getting together. Uh, virtually or in person. And where that leaves people is, is they don't have those local communities or any community really to go be a part of that's going to help push them forward in their career. And so one of the things that I'm working on right now uh, to set up in top-end devs, and it's gonna be free, and then they're gonna be basically subscriber-based channels for people who are, are paying for top-end devs. But I really do want to create a place where the community can come together. And, and level up in the various areas that they need to. And so I don't have it up yet, but if you go to topendevs.com, just, just look for something that indicates the chat. I'm setting up a Slack channel where people can get on and you can discuss the podcasts on there. You'll be able to discuss you know various technology areas together. And then some of the subscriber-only stuff will wind up in in other channels. So still trying to figure some of that out, but it'll start asking you questions and making recommendations to you when you get in so yeah anyway go ahead and check that out but the the other thing so so now we have the community right we have a, a slack community we have the tutorials we have the guidance on your career be that through coaching or through content but i still feel like there's something missing right and that's that's the level of actually having the users groups right having having calls where people can get on and connect with each other right Either during like a presentation call or during during like a conference or things like that, right and so I want to provide those kinds of gets to get togethers as well and so what I'm looking at doing is putting together some master classes and and presentations, and I'll be doing the first few, but I'm reaching out to my friends to try and you know line up some more and what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a weekly or close to weekly as close as I can get to weekly I mean we have holidays coming up and it gets complicated. But if you sign up for top end devs, then you'll get access to those calls for free or not for free. You'll get access to those calls as part of your subscription. And then if people just want to pick and choose, that's fine, too. You know, they can come live, but they'll probably have to pay for access. But the, the thing is, is those will also then become part of the library. Right. So if we do a like a resume review call, right, then then that would be Part of the deal, and some of them will wind up being free. I kind of foresee that, you know, depending on what it is and what value it brings. And but the focus is going to be delivering first for the people who are paying, and then for everybody else. But yeah, I, I do want to provide kind of a users group level thing. I want to provide summits, and that way people can get together. We're also going to have a channel on there where you can say, "Hey, I want to get together with other people who are doing X or Y or Z," and Then from there, it's you can you can uh, set things up so you can get on a call with them. And then right during the conference calls for the for the presentations afterward, I fully intend to just do breakout rooms and just let people select which breakout room they want to be in. Right. So if they want to be in the one talking about this or that or the other, or we might just do a random, hey, just get to know the people in your breakout room, but give people the opportunity to really network with each other and contribute to each other within the community. And that's not something I intend to ever try and control, nor is it something that I feel like should be something that people have to pay for. At the same time, you know, if, if you're in a paid event, then you're going to be interacting with other people who have paid to be at the event. But the flip side is is those people are generally the people who are more willing to invest in their careers. And so I feel like you generally, not always, but generally are going to get higher quality networking going on there. So kind of acts as a filter a little bit too so anyway that's that's the vision that I'm looking at you know and I'm pulling in these tools we had uh, Demetrios from the ML ops community he got on and explained how all of their stuff works and you know I'm taking a lot of that and then putting it into this paid community I'm also looking for people to help set up some of those user groups and run them I will probably start and run a couple of them on my own but I can't do it for every show and every community that we serve. And I want to. Right. And I want to start more podcasts and more communities for more communities that are out there already, because I feel like whether you're in a bigger city where they have meetups, but haven't had them in a while, or whether you're off in the middle of nowhere where there you know, really aren't a lot of people who do what you do. I want to be able to help you to connect with other people who are in that space. But the other thing that does is then if you are off in kind of the middle of nowhere, where there aren't those kinds of groups, you'll also have the opportunity then to interact with people who may be able to hire you and, you know, bring you on board and improve your position a little bit, right? And and that's what we're after. I mean, at the end of the day, that that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to push you into a position where they view you as a top-end dev and want to hire you. And, the, you know, there are a lot of ways to do that. The last piece of this, and this is something that um, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I want to do it, is that I feel like every developer who wants to build some kind of personal reputation needs to start a media channel of some kind. Now, it could be a blog, right? Which kind of seems to be the lowest barrier to entry because you just have to start one and start typing, right? Or a podcast. I'm putting together materials on how to start a podcast, but ultimately, I also see a certain need for, you know, kind of a high high-level course that walks people through the whole process, and so I might be putting that together and selling that as a separate product. And the same thing with YouTube, right? I have a whole bunch of people coming to me and say, I want to do this YouTube channel, and I have experience there too. And the other thing is, is the stuff that I don't know about a lot of these, my network knows the answer to, and they are totally willing to help me figure it out. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topenddevscom slash coaching. And so I did purchase the website a while ago, podcastplaybook.co, and I'm looking at doing maybe something similar to Top End devs over there. I'm still trying to figure out how the content stuff comes together, but there will be some content focused on building content within top end devs. And then the last thing is, is I do see the value in some of those longer form courses. So how to how to get started with Rails or how to get started with Node or how to get started with Express. But then also like maybe there's a three or four hours worth of content that we can put together around React Hooks or around active record in Rails or so where we go into some of the more advanced topics that you're eventually going to need to know, but you don't necessarily need to know to get started, right? And so then it's, it's hey, look, here's a deep dive course into this thing. And, uh, and so uh, if you go to topendevs.com, you'll be able to see the, the courses that I intend to put out over the next year. And I'm committed to doing at least one of those courses per month. And then I've got, I've already got a few people who are willing to actually create other courses and we're just going to give them a cut of revenue is the way that that all works. And so if you're, if you're interested in authoring, go to topendevs.com slash author. And if you want to sign up, here's the, here's the kicker, right? Is everybody does these big Black Friday uh, deals. And to be perfectly honest, I always go back and forth as to whether or not it's a good idea, but this is kind of a pre-launch, and I really would like to get people in and start talking to you you all and start saying, OK, you know, these people are paying for access to this content and they paid interested in some of the courses that we're going to put together. But what else do they need? Right. What other content do they need that we can walk them through to help them become top end devs? And as we pull that together, effectively, what I'd like to do then is start talking to you all and getting the courses lined up with authors, either myself or somebody else, who can put that content together. And so if you sign up by Cyber Monday, which is the 29th, I think, of November, I'm actually doing a 50% discount. The price will go up on November 30th. Um, The first big course goes live on January 1st. We're going to be doing some of the shorter hour or two-hour masterclasses through November and December. And you can see the schedule for those also on topendevs.com. You have to scroll down to the kind of the events calendar system. Um, But yeah, any of the content that we actually put out there for free live, you will have to have a paid membership in order to rewatch it. So just kind of putting that all together. That's what we're doing. Now, the podcast will always be free. I want to put out more stuff for free. But this is kind of the thing that's going to enable me to do that because, A, I think a lot of the people who are interested in authoring are also going to be the people who are interested in helping to uh, make some of the free content to get people in to watch it. And the other thing is, is that um, it, it enables us to, you know, continue to pay for the editing and promotion and growth and, uh, and things of the, the podcast network. So anyway, all that's going to be at topendevs.com. By the time this goes live, you should be able to just go sign up. And like I said, I I've done a little bit of price uh, looking, and it looks like we're going to be putting together. It's going to be about thirty nine dollars a month, but it'll be nineteen dollars a month if you go sign up between now and the end of November. So if if I were you, I would go do that. Um, we're also going to be lining up those master classes and getting those recorded so that you can you know jump in and you know oh I there, here's a resume master class here's a you know, maybe a Ruby or React or something related, Masterclass, maybe Agile Development, DevOps, Docker. Those are a lot of the topics that I'm looking at alongside uh, how do I build my career? How do I be a good leader? And those kinds of things as well. So anyway, that that's what I'm working on. It's all at topendevs.com. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to connecting with you all. And yeah, if you're not if you're not kind of at the level where you're thinking, oh, well, I'm willing to pay for this, and go join the Slack channel and then we can start chatting about what, what you need. But I'm telling you, I, I'm planning on making this just completely knock it out of the park content with all of the things that you need to become a top end dev. So yeah, that that's pretty much where I'm at, and I think I'm just going to leave that as the pick. Go to topenddevs.com and sign up, and let's get you start getting you up to that top five percent. Till next time, folks. Max out bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN.